Welcome back to A Little Faith, a podcast brought to you by the Williamsburg Christadelphian Foundation. Uh, my name is Matt. I will be today's host, and I'm sitting here with Todd Lindeblad, a dear friend, a ex-boss, and an all-around great guy. Tell us some things about, about yourself, Todd, that would be good to, good to know about you. Well, before you're talking about me, I'd like to first say it's always an honor, Matt, <laughs> to sit down with you. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're an inspiration to many. You're, you're a very transparent, uh, warm, mm. and loving individual, someone that I greatly respect and admire. So any opportunity to sit down with you, <laughs> I'll take it. So uh, me, I'm a father of four kids, 10, 8, 6, and 4, two boys, two girls, and I have an amazing wife and uh, someone who I... Uh, adore more and more as time goes on because I can never do what I'm able to do without her support and love mm -hmm. and be able to take care of the kids and love me as much as she does. So greatly uh, blessed there. Uh, born and raised in a faith, fam you know, Christophian family. Two amazing parents and also uh, I have a younger brother, two years younger than me, who lives in California, who I love dearly as well. So I have a great family. Never a dull moment. I uh, also restore, we have a family business. We sell and restore pianos to people all around the world. 90% mm. of the people we never meet have, uh, which has been, the, my work or business has been, the, has been, I guess, been the hardest part of my life, which my faith has, my lack of faith some days, my faith, no faith, faith. So I guess we might get into that at some point. Mm -hmm. But um, that has been a really, difficult time. What else? Um, I love playing sports. I don't have time to, but I've, I, love, I love to get out there and compete. That's yeah. one of my, I wish I had more time to do it, but yeah. No, that's a really great uh, picture of Todd Lindeblad. And you are, you are a fourth generation? Third generation? Fourth. Fourth piano restorer. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't really, I'm not really, I wouldn't classify myself as a piano restorer. I do more of the marketing and sales. I know a little bit about pianos, but I would say yeah, I'm in a fourth generation family business that happens yeah. to sell and restore pianos. And you've really grown that business, like since you've been at the helm. There's been multiple. There's like multiple sites now. Yeah. So this is a big part of your life. Yeah, a huge part of my life. Something that I actually wish was less part of my life. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're currently sitting in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which happens to just be the quiet space today. So, I'm very glad to be back in New Jersey. Awesome, very, I love seeing you here. To be with you. Mm -hmm. Todd's a very direct person. I think maybe because his time is like so precious. So when there is a window where he is like sees you or talks to you, he just gets right to the point and asks the the question that's on his mind. So I'm gonna do that right now with Shoot. our that little faith talk. And um, one word that you mentioned at the beginning of this when you were kind of introducing yourself and you mentioned in this email is the word transparent or transparency. Uh, in particular, in this email, you talked about how if you were talking to a younger version of yourself, that's something that you would encourage um, in developing faith is more transparency. Can you talk a little bit about like what that means to you? Yeah, I guess transparency, authenticity, just being real with God and His Son, Jesus Christ. But I think it's very easy to compartmentalize our worship and our faith. Be like, okay, well, God is only interested in what we do on Sunday morning. If I go to Bible class, what Bible class is about, my prayer life, and those are things that God cares about and really wants to know about. And the other part of your life, He doesn't care. 
I don't say doesn't care, but just it's not important to him. And uh, I think being transparent in our discipleship is critical that God cares about what I'm doing this morning when I'm not attending church. He cares what I'm doing at work. He cares how I am as a father. He cares how I'm being a friend. He cares if you're playing sports. Yeah, does he care about sports? No, but he cares about the relationship you have in the sports field. Does he care if you win or lose? I don't. Probably doesn't care. But he cares about you know how you're treating the people that you're with with respect. Are you letting your light shine? So I think God is very much interested in those things. And the reason and that has that tie to transparency because I think it comes down to just being transparent with God and Jesus in our worship. And I would say they're more interested in what I do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when I'm not at church mm-hmm. than when I'm at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for me growing up, I felt like well, as long as I'm you know if I read my Bible, I do my daily Bible readings. You know, I'm at church and I'm singing hymns. That's what, you know, make sure God sees those things. But our world, my world at least, is under the magnifying glass of my Father and Lord, and He cares about everything. So knowing that He thinks that's important, being transparent about those things and bringing Him involved in those uh, situations. So, but He cares about every second of the day, no matter where it is, and He's interested in those things. And you, like you mentioned, like letting, letting him into that. Like yes. that's kind of the, is that the direction of the transparency? Is For sure. You are the gatekeeper of your thoughts and emotions and life and the story that you're living out. And you're trying to create more windows where God's looking in. And bringing God and Jesus into that conversation saying, you know what? Lord, this is where I'm at. Can you help me get to there? Maybe, and maybe I'm never even going to be there. Maybe that's also the thing about being transparent. I think a lot of times we um, erect these images of things that we aspire to be, mm-hmm. and we might not ever be there. And we might be <laughs> looking to shoot for something. Maybe, maybe it's just not going to happen. And just being able to bring the Lord into those dark places in our life, and I think being open about our doubts. I, just, I remember like a month ago, uh, just me and Abby talking about, stuff in our life and saying is God there you know just even questioning like, what the heck why is this even going on right why mm-hmm. is this happening and if God does exist why is he letting certain things happen and I think that's okay you look at in the Old Testament Joshua and Moses they had frank conversations with God saying like did you bring us out of Egypt to die and that's yeah. like, God obviously he didn't but there's they felt like where are you so mm-hmm. I, I just think what being able to open up to God about if we have addictions, if we have things that we struggle with, like just dark places, letting him in. It's not mm. like he's not too good mm. not to be in those situations. Like he wants to be part of that conversation. I think a lot of times we, I feel like I need to get this part of my life in order before God can be part of the conversation. And you've been wor- trying to be more deliberate about bringing him in mm-hmm. in uh, amidst like all the messiness for sure and all of the filth and what, whatever it is do you feel like you've mastered the process no i'm no <laughs> no i feel like when it comes to faith faith is very very difficult because like you don't see god you can't talk to him but you can start to see okay he is he's been with me through this he's been with me through that but even though he's been i've, I've seen him i still doubt so i so, so that's why i would say i would love to say i have like this amazing amount of faith but if I that if I I would love to have all this faith but when I when I encounter trials and these walls and these giants in my life I sometimes still question if he's with me which is just I beat myself up on saying why he's just like 
Yeah, you had like this inner fight. You, you mentioned he's been with me here, he's been with me there. Do you have like a particular touchstone of a time that God brought you through or you saw God um, in the details or, mm. you know, his presence or hand at work or, or Jesus? Do you have like a touchstone that you are constantly going back to, to anchor yourself onto when you are facing the giants yep. as you as you put it that's that's a good really good question remember like last year there was a one morning i did not want to get out of bed i was just like i did not want to get out and face the day i just wanted to lay there and not just make believe like i don't want to make believe but i just knew like where life was i just didn't want to get out of bed and deal with it and i remember i keep this journal where i kind of it's my communication with the lord jesus but i write my communication to him and uh just sharing that like i don't i don't want to get out of bed i need strength and i remember like 15 minutes later getting a text from my brother with words of encouragement so that was uh you could say coincidence or it was an answer prayer the lord gave me strength in a time when i definitely needed some yeah i needed strength in my weakness to a short phrase that i lifted out of your email that you that kind of ties into this is embracing weakness yep how does embracing weakness help your faith or what does embracing weakness do yeah to your faith you know i think for most guys you know we hate to be weak we want to that goes back to the vulnerability and transparency i think it's naturally want to show how strong we are how smart we are how financially stable we are like just be able to provide I think that comes naturally that we just want to be really security. Everybody wants security. Mm-hmm. And um, the Lord, is, I think the message from scripture, scripture is the Lord does not work in security. Like he's going to drive you to weakness. And I've, you know, I hate, again, no, if you ask, I think any room for people, do you want to be weak? Do you want to have, be financially poor? Do you want to be naturally weak? Do you want to have health ailments? No. Like all these things are no. And I see the message from the New Testament Clearly, and also the Old Testament, that uh, Apostle Paul says, if I was going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast of my weakness, that the power of Jesus may rest upon me. So I believe that the Lord will dry, will bring people to areas of weakness in their life, places that they maybe would never choose to go, things that they would never bring upon themselves. But it's just it's like, there's no option. You have like a one-way ticket. The Lord's saying, you're going to hop on a plane, and I'm going to bring you to this part of weakness in your life, so you have to rely on me. Mm-hmm. There's, no, like, there's no alternative. And I think the Lord will put us in positions where the only person that will help is Him. No one else can. Your friends mm-hmm. can't. Uh, your network can't. Your, your wisdom, your strength, your might. None of that is going to get you through whatever circumstance that you're going to face. So you know that only he can get you through it. So when you get through it, you know it had to be him. Mm. It had to be him. Because none of the other options could have worked or did work. And, I, and, that's the, and that's the thing. I think a lot of times we exhaust every other option. And then right. all those op- where he should have been the first option. Mm. But because of, again, for me, my lack of faith, I'll turn to these other things because my faith is just not strong enough. So I'll turn to this, I'll turn to that. And then finally, when there's like really no other option to turn to, I cry out to the Lord for help, mm-hmm. and He lifts me out of the pit. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I can boast and say it was through His strength, through His uh, wisdom, might that I was able to get through whatever it was. Yeah, I was I was just thinking like you have such 
a strong network of support. Like you have your wife, you have your kids, you have a lot of family in a very close radius. You have the church community. You yeah. have people who support you here in this capacity at your job. Like you have like a giant network of people and resources that you could be quite a self-sustaining person, mm-hmm. but you keep finding yourself it, what it sounds like in this I mean, is it a pattern? Is it like a pattern of like a cyclical thing, or like do you see this as like a se- like a seasons? It's like a season of faith for you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. If it was. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know if to. I think that like Abraham, right? You see Abraham, how the Lord worked with him, and he failed. He worked with him, he failed. Yeah. And at the end of the pinnacle, he was like, he he got it. It's like God's gonna provide, but you know, he always tried to figure it out his own way. And you know, I I think. I think the Lord is always there to grow. He wants to grow our faith. He wants us to trust. And I would love to say maybe it's, it's done. Hopefully there's no more weakness, Lord. I just could, uh, I could just do it on my own, right? But um, no, I, again, I, don't, I think the, it's been a journey for sure. You know, our family's had issues. Mm. I mean, every, we're all human beings. We all have issues, right? right? So, so if there's two people that have issues, they're going to have problems. So, you know, we've had, we've had family problems that we had to work through. The Lord's helped us through the business um has definitely been an, an arena that i've had to rely on the lord for strength mm. um and also just being a father being a husband i'd love to say that i got that figured out and i fail there i'm trying to ask him for strength and help to be a better father to be a better mm. husband so i think um back to the transparency and vulnerability you know i think it's we i like to say well this part of my life is what needs help but really i need help everywhere the better mm. I get an inventory of who Todd on the Blad is, <laughs> just like the thing I need, uh, yeah, I need, I need to bring him into every space because I'm mm. far from where I should be. Mm. Hmm. And I think, and I think, and I think that's acknowledging, accepting, and I, not not projecting what I want myself to be, but accepting who I where I am and asking the Lord, our Father, Lord Jesus, to come alongside and to bring wherever he wants me to be, that I'm working that out. And not being ashamed to be like, well, I guess this is too dirty. He doesn't care or he's too pure. You look at, the, you look at Jesus, he, was, he just got right in there with people's problems. And the people he had a tough time with were those that thought they, were, they got it all figured out. So your kids are going to be like young adults very soon. What are you going to tell your kids when they're... When they're on yeah. the, the brink. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good question, Matt. And that's really yeah, the, the critical question uh, and to make sure I, I answer. Now, what is it I want my kids and say, Benjamin being the oldest, what do I want him to have clear in his mind? And I guess for me, the message of that the Lord Jesus is alive, that he's as alive as he was 2,000 years ago, even though he can't see him, that the Lord Jesus wants Benjamin to acknowledge him and for Benjamin to have him be part of the conversation. So when he gets ready to date, that he prays and asks the Lord for guidance who to date. to um, Who to ask to the dance. Ask to the dance. <laughs> yeah, who should he bring? I mean, the Lord cares. Like, he cares about who to bring to the dance. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he I does. I love that. He wants to know. And he wants to be part of that. He wants to be part of that conversation. So I hope, you know, that m- my kids will, uh, when they, you know, they leave the nest and that they're out there, when they're facing giants in their life when they're facing doubt that they share that doubt with the lord and even ask say the prayer lord if you're not help my faith that if they're struggling 
And even though maybe they think da- their daddy and their mommy uh, believe in the Lord, that uh, for them to even say, you know what, I know my dad believes in you, I don't, to be able to be transparent with mm-hmm. their, even in their lack of faith. You see in the New Testament people who would say, help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. So I would hope that they would even at that ask, help my unbelief, because I feel like and I, I could teach them all this stuff, I could tell them what they should know and that I believe it, but they can, they're going to have to own it. So I hope that they can... Uh, ask that prayer, help my faith, and for them to really know that the Lord Jesus is alive and he cares and he wants, the Lord wants to be part of whatever it is that they're dealing with. Mm. So that, that would be a huge thing mm. that I would want my kids to, to believe in. And mm. if they don't believe it, just be open about it. Mm. Even with me, right? I want my kids to be able to have a relationship where they could even tell me that, mm. that they're struggling. I mean, I'd rather have them tell me they're struggling than for them to go tell their friends at school that they're struggling. So hopefully cultivate a family relationship and dynamic where they could just come talk to me and say, Dad, I don't, I'm not seeing it. Or my faith is not there. Yeah. Because I think, again, me personally, my faith has not always been there. And I I struggle there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, Same. Love to, I would love to say Same. I see Goliath in front of me. I'm like David. Remember with this, with this, <laughs> with a stone in my sling. But a lot of times I'm seeing Goliath and I'm looking at the sling that I got. I'm like, this sling is too, sh- is not powerful enough to take that down. And I shrink in faith, or I start to lack, or I want to, or like I said before, I stay in bed. Like you might, it's like David's out there running after Goliath, and it's like me, just Roll, cult, rolling over, rolling over <laughs> with the rock in my uh, in my sling. So yeah. I guess asking for the Lord just to say, okay, we can do this. We're gonna get. We're gonna no matter what it is, we're gonna we're gonna fight, and you're gonna or you're gonna fight with me. Mm. And I'm getting a little better, but I still have moments when I shrink. I'm just, I'm just like thinking back to um, Williamsburg last year. When yeah, we were in the same discussion group. Yeah, and it's uh, I don't know three or four days Williamsburg conference, and ten or so people in groups and you kind of explore the the theme of the the week in depth which last year was um sincerity and i think like you and i kind of watched the same transformation happen with this this group of i mean you you knew some of the people in the group but there's a lot of people you didn't know and there were there were a lot there were some people who were um it was kind of a collective of strangers in a way with a few connections sewn in between but uh, from kind of the first day where our group kind of met to the last day when we met, like there was such a huge difference of what people were willing to mm-hmm. to share and how people were able to like hold the space together for um, people who wanted to share something personal or something deep or an area of weakness. Yep. And that was very powerful to see. And I'm always trying to figure out how how can I create those spaces in my everyday life or with the people that I have around me in my life, the people that I care about? Um, so have you fi- so Matt? Why don't we t- you tell people what your degree is in? What are you going <laughs> to school for? Uh, so I'm working on uh, my PhD at Queen's University. I'm looking into youth suicide prevention through the lens of belongingness. And trying to understand uh, how people can feel searingly alone when they're surrounded by people who desperately care for them. 
Awesome. So you know, I mean, this is what you're going to school for, psychology. So what have you learned? What environment can you then create that space? Because you would know more than yeah. I am. <laughs> and you did a great job at Williamsburg. You were kind of the lead in our discussion group. And uh, you did a phenomenal job of uh, creating that. So I could see mm -hmm. you intentionally. You, were, you knew what you were doing. It wasn't just like, okay, <laughs> let's just have a discussion group and see how it goes. I mean, it was a very powerful, like you said, at the end of the, at the, end of the three days, uh, people start opening up and sharing things, which I was shocked. In fact, I remember one person at the end, I was just like, man, wow, that really took me off guard. So what would you say, yeah. how can we do that where people yeah. can? Yeah, I think it's, I don't, I don't know if it's a science or a recipe card. I think it's definitely, it's a nuanced thing that requires a lot of patience and finesse. But one thing that sticks out to me from some conversations that's, that have happened this past year is the idea of granting legitimacy to people wherever they're at and whatever they're sharing. It's like, okay, that, you know, even if it sounds absolutely ludicrous or even if you cannot relate at all, you say, okay, like, I can see that. And you legitimately try to understand what they're saying from their perspective and see it as a legitimate concern or a legitimate thing. And I think this kind of ties back to what you were saying about God being interested and Jesus being interested in the second by second story of our lives mm -hmm. because they're granting legitimacy to everything that's happening. It's all legitimate to them. The, the fun, the destruction, the things that we think are such a big deal, but actually aren't a big deal. Like they are granting legitimacy, even though they can see everything in 360 degree panoramic real time, they're granting legitimacy to your meltdown. Um, whether you're three years old and, you know, Verity came and like drop yeah. kicked your Lego structure or whether you're a grown man, you know, yeah. trying to run a piano business. Yeah. And that's so good, Matt. Like you nailed it. I, well, <laughs> I mean, that's just like one thing. No, that's huge. Because <laughs> what happens Because what happens when uh, Ethan, you know, he's six and he's, he's a handful, very emotional. Yeah, he was just I wonder where he gets it from. I wonder where he does. He made it so. But. but if someone, say my child comes to me and they're upset about something, like this morning Ethan came and his, uh, we make a smoothie most mornings and the bottle he has has like an orange top and it, it's interchangeable to any other uh, glass jar. But today he put it up when I was doing the dishes and it fell to the floor and it shattered. And he's in the other room. Oh. He's just like crying. That's my favorite. That's that my smoothie jar. I'm just saying that top goes on anyone, but he just, he's losing it in the other room. Yeah. Uh, but let's just say, as a father, if he's having that meltdown emotionally, he just is so like, what well, was his favorite juice container he's ever had. If I tell him it's not like, it's not important, what does that then do to him? Yeah. Like, What's he going to do in the future? Just not tell you. He's not going to tell me. Yeah. So it starts with a smoothie bar, smoothie jar, but then in the future, you know, as things start to, you know, maybe get more important, if he knows that, oh, his dad thinks it's unimportant, he's just going to shut down and he's never going to share those things with me. And that's what happens with our relationship with God. Mm. When we think things, when we think He thinks things are not important, we don't share them with Him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think to your point, bringing legitimacy is, uh, we like, whatever wherever somebody is at, if they think it's important, again, like, and we should care. The thing is, we should think, the thing is important. The thing is, right. God and Jesus, they do think it's important, uh, and we need to just try to be as compassionate, empathetic with people, to let them know that yeah, that's we understand why it would be important to them.
and and how do you this this is kind of like bridging back to the beginning of our conversation, but how do you um, wake yourself up um, to that reality that God and Jesus do care about this right now? Like, how do you keep that at at the forefront of your mind, or like realize that you're standing mm-hmm. in a place you are where you are you are standing in a place of care of deep care at a level beyond you could understand but i mean day to day your life is very non-stop yeah and you 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 know what the hustle is like mm-hmm. more than you know more than most probably so how so despite like the hustle of life being a father uh being a loving spouse being the owner of a company having all these roles and responsibilities and every like minute of your eye of your iCal is full how do you in real time realize come to the realization that you had no option because i guess i i've seen where i've only in these things that weren't impl- these things that i guess i learned to see were important when i've cried out to god and jesus for strength in those situations because i had no option other than them it's made me then learn that they, I, I guess they do care. So I guess that's, uh, that, that has helped me to see that mm-hmm. they do care because say I had to cry out for strength and I didn't get it in these parts of my life where I needed them then, uh, and they didn't answer, then I, was, I guess it wouldn't have been important. So I guess I've learned through necessity uh, where I've seen them work in areas of my life where maybe back when I was younger, I maybe not, naturally wouldn't have thought they would have cared. Mm. So this is kind of a recent thing. I guess so more Rel- so. relatively recent of coming to the realization that God and Jesus deeply care for you. Oh yeah, for sure. I would say in the last couple of years, I would say I mean I think that I've always believed in God. But I guess seeing them active, you know, I feel like I had the view that you know God, when God and Jesus are going to get the, the show is going to start when Jesus comes back. That's kind of when uh, every, we're kind of we're just in limbo. Yeah. You know, we just gotta wait until it's time. Yeah. And uh, I guess over the last couple of years, I'm just I'm like they're they're doing so much right now, and if I and I and I, I'm asking for faith for me to see that. So in every in every encounter that I have, whether it's at work, whether it's coaching baseball from Benjamin's baseball team, uh, I'm going out to dinner with my wife, to have that type of mindset that they care about all that and what mm. I'm doing and am I and in the end am I sharing the love of Christ to those around me in those settings mm. and there's time and there's settings when you don't want to that you just like can I just put a pause on the love of Christ because I don't feel like maybe I want to and I'm just like no I need to yeah and I failed there right I just like which is tough there's like like back to compartmentalization it's very easy. Well, I'll act this way on Sunday. I'll act this way with my wife. And then when it comes to work, I'm dealing with a customer that is just annoying or just being unreasonable. You know, it's time to, that verse that says, love your enemies, pray for those that despitefully use you. It doesn't apply to this situation. So just when I, you know, the Lord Jesus is watching when I have someone yelling at me on the phone for maybe no good reason. He cares. How am I going to respond? Am I going to respond in love? Am I shining my light? Or when I get off that conversation, is the person going to be like, was there anything different about Todd? Or am I just, you know, do I, am I retaliating? Yeah, and this is something that you mentioned earlier about letting Jesus into every room. When you brought back this word compartmentalization, so you're trying to, like, 
integrate Todd. You're trying to like bring all of the rooms together or like mm-hmm. sync them up so that there isn't this division where over here you think this way and over here you act that way. Yeah, because yeah, then you're being fake. But mm. I think we naturally, maybe naturally, but I think sin's deceitful, and I think that we can right, we can twist, be like, Todd time, God time, a little bit of God and God time. Maybe we'll share a little space, but there's yeah. a space that you know it's Todd's space. Yeah. The Lord, and and then again, I think we can struggle. Maybe we feel like He's not willing to come into that space. We're mm. so ashamed of a certain space mm-hmm. that we don't even want to know that He. We don't even feel. We almost feel bad for letting him even into that type of space. But to your point, I think we want to have like to have one house with one room, and we're just all in the room together, and he's yeah. involved with all of it. But I think that's tough because uh, you know, getting up in the morning, you know, saying, "Okay, I need you, Lord. Let's do this together." And I and I and, I, and I've learned that life is better with him. It's better with him on my side than me alone, trying to figure it out. One thing I've thought about is, you know, we've been asked to be faithful. You know, we're not supposed to be ashamed of him. And I'm like, it's a two-way street. He's faithful, and he's not ashamed of me. And I think it even says that he, they, um, he who is believed will not be ashamed. And I think, like, we, in a relationship, it goes both ways. It's not a one, I guess the point I'm trying to say, Matt, is that it's not a one-sided relationship where we, we're the ones that need to have the faith, we need to have the trust, we're the ones that need to worship. It's actually it's a relationship with God and the Lord Jesus where it's, I'm saying this with all humbleness. Not to say like there's a give and take, there's an expectation they need to, but the way that the, the God and Lord I see from the Bible is that they walk with you, mm. and it's like any relationship. Like if me and you right now were, just, if it was just me talking, it'd be the worst conversation. If it was just you talking, it it might be not, it wouldn't be that bad actually. It might be so pretty good. But uh, I guess in any relationship, there's yeah. people who give and take. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I'm learning as the same thing, as much as I'm asked to be faithful, he's faithful. And so when you read verses like, you know, um, in Hebrews 4, that says, you know, we have a high priest which, can, uh, which cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmities, but in all points was tempted like, as we are yet without sin. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may find help and grace in time of need. Mm. It's either that promise is true or it's false. For sure, it's been his strength, his help, him opening, closing doors uh, through it all. And a lot of it's been painful doors I've had to walk through. It's been, in our business, there's been some people who I love dearly who, um, you know, we've been ups and downs in the business who are no longer here. Mm. Yeah. So the Lord's going to be with you, but things might be painful. Mm. And it has been painful the last year, I would say. It's been probably the most painful year of my life. But... I've actually seen the hand of, of the Lord the most. Mm-hmm. So which is, I guess, another thing that a lot of times the areas of our life that are going to bring the most pain and the most weakness are the areas where the Lord's going to work the most. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like when we, whenever I'm facing and other people might be facing a huge burden or might be huge, you know, pain, a huge area of weakness, it's kind of that's get ready to watch the Lord work. Mm-hmm. It's, kind of, it's almost like step aside mm-hmm. and uh, get ready to watch. Mm. when you're encountering something big and a giant and you don't know how the heck this is going to play out. Yeah. And you say you, like, look back, you, like, reach back to those moments of your life where you've seen deliverance and you've seen action and you've seen the hand moving. Yeah. Do you, like, have, like, a catalog of these? Like, do in your mind, do you just start working backwards? Be like, 
November 26th, yeah. 1989, December 2nd. Like, like that's in my, if I were to make a movie of like that, like when you're in the valley, you want to run. Yeah. You don't want to get out of bed. Things are horrible. Like that in my head, that's kind of what you're doing. But is that what it's? Is that yeah, kind of? Like? Yeah, I mean, I remember one day. This was on, on January 23rd of this past year. It was a really rough day, and I, I have some pictures here. It's like a lot, reminded me of when my son Benjamin had pneumonia. We were in the hospital. The mm. Lord got us through that. There's a picture that I love, is of a lot, a huge lion and a man walking, kind of showing that Jesus is. Uh, he's he's kind of mm. had his looks downtrodden. The Lord is with him. And this is a day when I was having a real bad day. Oh, I, I left. God. I left work. <laughs> you look horrible. I left work early, went to bed, and I just curled up in my bed, and uh, I just cried. I put these things. So I can go back and I can look at certain times in my life where I, where again I was having some struggles with my faith. Hmm. I didn't know if he was with me or not. Saying this is where I am, and uh, if you're, it's like saying if you're real, mm-hmm. I'm putting my, I'm casting my care and trust in you, Lord Jesus. Can you deal with this? Can you work work with it, and then be able to see how he did was able to work through it? So now, when the next trial comes to me, and I'm just like, you know, I I'm so scared that I can't move. I can go back to those times and days in my life to say, okay, we got through those things. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to figure out a way to get through the next part of my life. It's been it's been helpful to go and to keep this journal for me, just as a source of strength, because mm. we forget. Like our in my mind is like, we're just so easy to forget what he's done. Mm. And it's interesting that you call it a source of strength when it's really like a catalog of weaknesses. <laughs> like so that's to, exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah, so we gotta read that verse, right? I mean, to me, one of the so this has been this has been a verse. This has literally been days that I'm just laying in bed, reciting this verse over and over. I mean, I was at a, I was at a Bible school reciting this verse last year over, over, over and over, and that's uh, when. It's in Second Corinthians 11, and uh, Paul's kind of having this communication with the Lord, which he says, so actually, Second Corinthians 12, sorry. He goes, three times I pleaded, and that word there's begged, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it would leave me, whatever the storm in the flesh was that Paul had. So here's Paul pleading with God. He's just tired of it. We don't know how long he was dealing with this for, but he's had it. Hmm. He's, he's done doesn't want it no more. He's begging him. And the Lord Jesus' response was, He said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I remember just laying in bed, just saying, My grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient, 50 times in a row, my grace is sufficient. Hmm. And then, then Paul says, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly my weaknesses, so that the power of Jesus may rest upon me. So the, I guess the pattern I see in Paul's life is that Jesus brought him to weakness why so his strength his power would have help him get through it and in the, in the chapter before this is where paul is just sharing the times in his life where you know he was in the sea he was beaten three times frequent journeys he was shipwrecked he has all this list of stuff and at the end of it, he goes if i must boast i will boast the things that show my weakness and i think because paul learned the reason he survived that night in the sea was because of Jesus. The reason that he survived and he was beaten to death was because of Jesus. The reason he was able to get out of the, the city of Damascus through a basket when the mm-hmm. king wanted to kill him because it was because of Jesus. And in our life, you know, he's like bringing us to these parts in our life to say, you know what? You're not going to get through it, Todd. It's going to be because of me. Mm-hmm. 
you're not going to get through this. It's going to be because of me. And I think the Lord Jesus works in weakness in our life. That, that is the arena he works with. And we try to fight it. We try to put our head in the sand. Whatever people right now, if anyone that's listening to this, whatever weakness that they're dealing with, whatever, whatever it is that they feel like they're drowning, Jesus is going to help them. I mean, this conversation started out with like Todd's life. And now I think you're like eclipsing onto like the greatest question of that the world asks today, which is the question of suffering yep. and why bad things happen. Yeah. Unexplainable bad things. Um, but you're kind of saying, as I'm like listening to you, you're kind of saying that suffering you, well, you said like weakness is the arena in which Jesus. Which works. is suffering, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who go through a painful. I mean, life is raw, and there's people who deal with some very painful things. So I'm not here to in any way uh, say, oh yeah, just turn to Jesus, everything's gonna go away. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's people who deal and are experiencing some very horrific tragedy tragedies in their life, mm. and um, I guess the only thing I will say is He's with them. I don't have the answer to say why, but mm. he loves you. He's won't forsake you. Mm. And, uh, but I do believe he works in that. He also works in good times. Like when the good times come, he's there. You're, say, you're saying there's good times there's in good your times, life too? Sure. Today, was, today was a good day. And I'm just yeah. like, sometimes I'm like, please, Lord, can we just have a few days like this? <laughs> uh Keep it up. Keep it up. We'll stay here. <laughs> I'll ride this way for as long as we can. <laughs> no, there's some, there's definitely some good days. I mean, I'm very, I'm very blessed, uh, virtually blessed, with everything mm. being said. But uh, mm. you know, being here with you, Matt, is a blessing. Yeah, that's great. For sure. Yeah. So in our last uh, couple minutes here, yes. I'm going to ask you if you were to give uh, like a metaphor to what faith is for you in mm-hmm. your life, or give um, a definition or give an image, or give, you've used a lot of, there's been a lot of like vivid language in our conversation. Yes. So I'm just coming back to the the nugget of what this podcast is all about, Yes, which is a little faith. That's what it is, a little oh, faith, yeah. Like what, like what, what would you, how would you capture it in this moment for you? What is your faith? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think little faith is great because I would, I would, I guess, eventually I hope to pray that the Lord Jesus gives me huge faith. Um, I don't have huge faith. I would say I have a, a little faith, uh, which is a great theme for the podcast. And um, I think just believing that as as real as you are, Matt, is believing that the Lord Jesus is as real as you. God is as real as you. And helping that trust to be able to look. There's a, um, there's a um, book called Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. And in the book, he talks about this Christian, and it's a metaphor of the Christian's life. And he comes to a point in his life where these, there's two lions in front of him. So he's asked to walk through this path and then there's and then the other side of the path is like this door uh, of a house that he needs to get to. And the person on the other side is telling him, come on. And he sees these two lions that are uh, roaring. He's being asked to walk through that. And uh, you know, he believes and trusts to walk through. And he walks through it. And he gets to the other side. He finds out that the lions were chained to the trees that were there. Mm. So they would never, they could never have touched them. Right? They were never going to rip them apart. Mm. They were going to eat them up. Uh, but he had to have trust to get through it. So I guess for me, faith is believing that the God and Jesus are with me no matter what I face. Mm. Um, that even though like these things in my life are roaring and I feel like they're claws, I'm, I'm, it's like, it's time out, it's time, for, it's, it's all over, it's over pretty much. 
is that it's never over. With God, it's never over. The circumstances are never over. And I think a lot of times we start to project, like, we don't know the end game. Like, we need to stop. Like, well, we don't know the end game. Whatever, whatever it is, we do not know what it is. We need to stop and trust and believe that if He's calling us to live mm. a certain life, to walk a certain path, that He's there with us. And for me to trust that. Mm. So I guess for me, faith is trust. Mm. To be able to trust God and Jesus that um, they're not going to leave me stranded. It's been great, Todd. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you, Matt. This you're is, uh, you're an inspiration to everybody. Yeah, I know your <laughs> I know your life hasn't been easy, and mm. um, the fact that you're here, have it interviewing and having this podcast on faith, is uh, inspiration to me. Well, maybe I'm looking for it. So, I'm yeah. talking to the right guy. Yeah, I love you. Love you too, man. Thanks. Hello, this is Tom from From the Platform, a Christadelphian podcast that tackles challenging topics and how we talk about them. Our aim is to bring self-awareness to the debate in uh, the Christadelphian community and instill good conversation through listening techniques. You can find us on all good podcasting platforms and we are proudly supported by the WCF. We look forward to you joining the conversation. If you have any comments or questions, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook.